Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary, and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business, you feel really, really confused and like you have no one to talk to. I totally understand that because when I started my coaching business, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I tried a million things and I would hit dead ends and I would just try and try and try and try. Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am, because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things, and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click schedule a virtual coffee chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com and click schedule a virtual coffee chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode (laughs) of All The Things Podcast. (laughs) I'm your host, Regina Lawrence, and today, I'm going to be really honest, we're here for a repeat podcast. (laughs) No, I don't mean that we have a returning guest. I mean that me and today's guest. We already recorded a podcast episode, and late last night, I was doing work on my phone, and um, it disappeared. I'm not going to say I deleted it. <laughs> not going to cough to it. Because I'm not going to take full accountability, because <laughs> I don't know for sure. And in typical Regina fashion, this is the podcast with my best friend, <laughs> Kiki Scheipel, who is a PA, who is brilliant. But you guys probably see the other side of her often on my Instagram where we're being silly and we're doing funny things. But the truth of it is that Kiki is a brilliant PA and she has a passion for female hormones. And, you know, really being trained in a Western medical system, Kiki has embraced Eastern medical traditions with her Western medical background and is creating and has created a new way of training and coaching women 
around their hormones and around the way their bodies work. So welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to my podcast. (laughs) That was a way better intro than the first one. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like everything's going to be better about this episode. This morning I told Kiki, I said, listen, I've got bad news and I've got good news. (laughs) And she was like, what? And I was like, bad news. Your podcast episode is gone. Good news, this next one is going to be even better. <laughs> and she just looked at me and was just like, meh, okay, sounds good. Which was kind of how at 1 o'clock in the morning when I realized the episode was gone, my response was like, all right, let's just do it again. Record it again. <laughs> it's all good. I can talk for hours. I know. <laughs> I know you know. I live with you. <laughs> um, so... Something that you are working really heavily on right now Mm -hmm. is educating women on what is actually going on in their bodies. And you talk a lot about the fact that they are not being given the right information. Mm -hmm. They're being told they're crazy or their hormone levels are fine. Why are you so passionate about educating women in this way? Because I've been on the side of it as the patient. And I understand how frustrating it is to feel totally hopeless and to be suffering so severely that it's affecting your everyday life. And I was lucky enough to have someone to turn to. My dad had been trained in this work for a few years by the time I was diagnosed. So I knew that he would know what to do. Now, whether or not that worked for me is another story, but I, I just, I know what it's like. And so I've been there, I've done that. And I mean, I, I was diagnosed with PCOS when, like immediately when my career started, when I first started working with my dad. And after I went through that period of time where I was really struggling and really suffering, I knew like this was my journey because I'm supposed to help women in that same position. What is the problem with the way that Western medicine traditionally diagnoses women with PCOS? So there's really strict criteria that we're all trained in medical school and PA school to diagnose women with PCOS. There's the Rotterdam criteria and there's there's another set of criteria, but the specifics of it are women are supposed to have three things, irregular periods, um, signs and symptoms of androgen excess, meaning high levels of male hormones in their body. So testosterone, DHEA, DHT. Um, so that would be like pimples on your face, chest or back, hair loss on your head, hair growth on your face and body. Um, and then you also, so the, the name polycystic means you have multiple cysts on your ovaries and multiple, I want to say the, (laughs) it's not like you, you can have 10. It's like, you have to have 27 or more or something insane like that. Like if you have one, you don't necessarily have PCOS according to that criteria. So for example, I mean, my first, you know, inclination of having any anything even remotely close to PCOS was when I was 15. I had a hemorrhagic ovarian cyst, meaning the cyst had blood in it. I had a rupture. Mm-hmm. 
and it released the blood into my abdomen and irritated the lining of my abdominal cavity so badly that the children's hospital I went to thought I had appendicitis Mm -hmm. and they took me in for surgery to remove my appendix even though it looked normal on a CAT scan Uh and so they cut into me blood came out they realized what it was they looked with a camera they were like oh it was just a cyst sewed me up brought me out of surgery within like five minutes and they were like okay you're going on birth control there was no conversation about hey you might have pcos hey like this might be a problem for the rest of your life no here's here's some birth control put a band-aid on it Mm -hmm. and like let's never talk about it again because we don't really know what to do for you right so that is why so many women who have pcos who i diagnose with it are missed (coughs) they're missed because there's such strict criteria for it It, when you go to a conventional doctor who follows that what is your criteria for diagnosing somebody with pcos (laughs) like i do all things my criteria (laughs) is very loose (laughs) (laughs) so i mean symptoms of pcos are you know having pimples having acne having adult acne having irregular periods having no period not being able to get pregnant, hair loss on your head, hair growth on your face and body, trouble with weight, brain fog, um, trouble with sleep, like all the above. So if you come to me and you have one of those symptoms and I suspect you have PCOS, I'm treating you as such. Mm -hmm. I'm diagnosing you with it. Um, There is a test that I do. um, Basically what I do is I look at your FSH and LH, which are Fertility hormones that fluctuate depending on where you are in your cycle. They stand for your follicle-stimulating hormone and your luteinizing hormone. I look at the ratio of them. And so at any point in your cycle, your FSH should be higher. But if your LH is higher, it's a diagnosis of PCOS for me and the way that I'm trained. I don't necessarily need that to diagnose a woman with PCOS. but um, and, And the reason I say that is because it can be hard to catch that ratio flip. For example, my one of my sisters, um, she was really hard to catch that. We had to check serial FSH and LH ratios weekly for four weeks, and we didn't catch it till the fourth time. Okay. So, like, it's not necessary for someone to go have their blood work done weekly. Like, I can right. say, you've adult, you've adult acne, you probably have PCOS. We're going to treat the insulin resistance, and if it gets better, case in point. Mm-hmm. So that's really how I approach it in my practice. How have you learned to look at one of the symptoms like what what has taught you to consider one thing versus all the things um experience okay so you know in in my training I mean I've received really different specific training um to address hormones the way that I do and over time I've really I'm utilizing what I've learned, but I've also put my own spin on it because of my own personal experience and my experience with my patients. So the bottom line is, I mean, we all suffer from insulin resistance and that's because we're exposed to so much shit on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. There's chemicals in literally everything, all the foods that we eat, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I literally like don't keep things in the house that have like any chemicals in it like I'm very strict about the food that (laughs) Regina and I keep in our apartment yeah nothing with citric acid citric acid is not citric acid from citrus fruit it is a moldy genetic genetically modified corn 
um, that is used as a preservative in a lot of food. Start looking at your food labels. You will see it on almost everything processed, even some things that you wouldn't expect that mm-hmm. don't seem like they would be that processed. For example, salsa, mm-hmm. hummus, like a lot of dips. We're big dip people. We are. <laughs> I now make my own hummus. Yeah, like it's on so many things. It's in so many things that you wouldn't expect. So anyways, we're exposed to so much crap. Um, that we all have an underlying level of insulin resistance in our bodies because our endocrine systems, you know, are so, like, the chemicals we're exposed to mess with our endocrine systems. They're called, these chemicals are called endocrine modulators or endocrine disruptors um, for a reason, meaning they mess with the systems in our bodies that regulate our hormones. And so, um, I lost my train of thought. We, oh, so... What I was going to say is PCOS is a condition fueled by insulin resistance. Mm. So it's like, what's the harm in treating you for insulin resistance? You have right. it, whether you have PCOS or not. Um, but in women with PCOS, I see a really big difference in the symptoms mm. when I treat their PCOS. So the acne clears up. You know, the, the hair growth on the face is better. The hair loss can slow. I mean, it helps with energy, it helps with weight, like it helps with everything. So it's, it's kind of gotten to be like, well, why not? And then even men who come to me, so in my medical practice, I do treat men's hormones and I have all along, um, but men have been coming to me with acne too. And I treat, I never used to do this. I just started doing this recently, treating their insulin resistance and their acne is getting better too. Wow. So the, the assumption by a lot of doctors is the acne is coming from high testosterone, but I see low testosterone in men and women all the time. So yeah. where's the acne coming from? Yeah. It's the insulin resistance. Interesting. Yeah. Something else that you have said is a huge culprit mm-hmm. for sickness and illness in people is untreated Epstein bar disease yes tell the listeners a little bit about epstein-barr okay so Hmm. epstein-barr virus is the virus that causes mono so like they even taught us in school you're not supposed to be able to get mono a second time which is so interesting so i became like hyper obsessed with epstein-barr because i I always like to tell this story because it's a great story. Um, and I the told time you, it, the time I, you went to the valley. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so Regina and I were in Santa Monica for New Year's for 2018 to 2019, like New Year's time. Mm-hmm. And yes, I was hanging out in the valley a lot. And we were making fun of her because like, the valleys, like people that live in LA are like, oh my God, the valley's so trash. It's really not like the valley's a beautiful place, but we just like to give her a hard time. She kept going back to the valley. I met a guy, you know. She met a guy. She kept going to the valley. And my brother who lives in Santa Monica was like, ugh, God, disgusting. So we've been harassed. We always make fun of her for that. So I ended up getting like deathly ill like deathly and they kept making fun of me like of course you got sick you were hanging out in the valley but I ended up missing my flight because we were having way too much fun New Year's Eve and then I took a red eye home that night and I woke up on the plane and I was like oh my god I cannot move I am in so much pain Mm. and I was exhausted my throat was killing me I had horrible body aches my back was killing me I I somehow made it home, passed out for literally like two days straight, 
woke up so dehydrated with a raging kidney infection, strep infection, and wasn't sure what else was wrong. So was that the time your mom was at your bedside tapping away on her phone? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. She had the sound turned on and was texting on her, you know, her iPhone and it was making that sound oh. and I was trying to sleep. Could you imagine being so <laughs> ill and like your mom is in she was in your bedroom in our Philly house, right? Yeah. It's like sitting in Kiki's bedroom, just like texting with the text texting sound. Away. And then she'd send the message and it would go whoosh. <laughs> I was so annoyed. So anyways, my mom took me to their local urgent care. They sent me to the ER. The ER did everything under the sun. They checked me for like blood clots in my legs, like all kinds of shit. And they had no idea what was going on aside from the kidney infection and strep infection. And they're like, we're not, we don't know why you're in so much pain. We don't know why your lymph nodes are so swollen. Like we don't know why you can't walk. But, like, we're going to send you home now. And I'm like, great, okay. So we're sitting in the ER, and my mom says to me, I feel like this is mono. Like, could you have mono again? And I was like, I guess I could, but, like, nah, that's not it. Well, Mm. you know, a mother's intuition is always right. Yeah. So a few weeks later, I was better, and I was like, let me look into this. Maybe it was. And so when you have mono, your Epstein-Barr antibodies will always be elevated, but you can look at like three different levels. And if they're over like 600 or something, um, it's a diagnosis of a recurrence. And so mine came back like off the charts, like couldn't even be measured so Mm -hmm. high. So it was a flare of Epstein-Barr, which I didn't really, like I had heard about that, but like I didn't really know that was like a thing that affected people. And um, so I started throughout the year 2019, one week a month. I was so, I was that deathly ill for a full week, seven days in bed, raging Mm. strep infection and a flare of Epstein-Barr. And I was like, okay, I'm a PA, like I can figure this out. I know what to do. God, you were so sick that year. I was so sick. It was like every time I traveled, every time I did anything, Mm -hmm. I, it just put so much stress on my body. I could, I couldn't. I shouldn't have been drinking, but of course I was. Um, you know, anytime I would eat McDonald's, like, and guys, I'm such a hypocrite, but I'm such a McDonald's fiend. <laughs> Although I haven't had it in a few in a few weeks. You haven't. Yeah, I've yeah. been pretty good lately. Hmm. Um, anyways, pat on the back. <laughs> that's a topic for a different day. <laughs> the trashy eating ways of Kelly Shapel. It's trauma related. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, so. Yeah, anytime I did anything, I was just like deathly ill. And so um, I started, you know, trying to eat better. I was taking all my supplements. I was actually, that was, I was still on hormones at the time. So I was like taking my hormones to try to support my body from that aspect. And like nothing was working. I was still getting sick. Mm. And so six months of this went by. And I was finally like, oh my God, fuck this. I'm so over it. Like, I'm so over being in bed for one out of four weeks a month, like, Mm -hmm. and missing work and like missing my whole life. It was just crazy. And so I started doing a lot of research and 
which I'm just thinking, how funny is it? It took me six months of doing that for me to actually start researching, like, what to do. Like, that's how stubborn I am. I was like, I can do this. I can do this on my own. No, I could not. I needed help. Um, so anyways, I immediately came across the medical medium when I started researching chronic Epstein-Barr because that's what he's all about. And um, so basically, a lot of people actually think he's a quack, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, those are my people, (laughs) people that like don't follow, you know, that go against the grain. Um, so he, and this is why they think he's a quack, which I think your community will appreciate. Um, he, when he was a kid had an angel appear to him and tell him that he was going to, he had a special gift where this angel would tell him when he was looking at someone what was going on in that person's body and how to treat it. Mm -hmm. And so to this day, Anthony William, the medical medium does that um, and has helped a lot of people. I mean, he's, he's famous, like he's helped celebrities. He was on the Kardashians. Um, There's a lot of people who have really um, bought into what he preaches. um, And I am definitely one of those people. Um, But basically his whole philosophy and, and, this is why I have bought into it because it does make sense to me is that um, Epstein-Barr lives in all of our bodies and kind of hides out and it's just a matter of it like becoming activated or us creating an environment where it can really thrive and like grow and mutate um, is what contributes to making a lot of us really sick and causing a lot of symptoms. So he even says that like, we don't know enough about autoimmune conditions to to treat them. Um, But he says that like chronic viruses like Epstein-Barr, the herpes virus, chronic strep, strep goes hand in hand with with Epstein-Barr, which makes sense because that's what I was experiencing at the same time. Um, That all can, is what is contributing to autoimmune conditions Mm -hmm. and that it's not our body attacking itself. It's our body attacking those viruses or bacteria which like that makes so much sense to me yeah um so he has you know a lot of like really natural um treatments that he recommends to address the different like chronic viruses and bacteria in our bodies that can like wreak havoc so one is celery juice regina and i have celery juice yeah most mornings um you know eating i mean he basically advocates for like filling your diet with as many fruits and vegetables as you can. Yeah. He talks so much about fruit and what great powerful antioxidants they are, how they're actually a stronger antioxidant than vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, like so, I mean, what's the harm in drinking some celery juice, taking some like natural, you know, herbal tinctures um and filling your diet with fruits and vegetables like right. nothing. Yeah. You know, so like we all should be eating like that and like taking care of ourselves like that. So I see no harm in you know, subscribing to everything he preaches. And it's, I mean, it changed my life. That's when I finally started like making a recovery and like getting better and going longer between getting sick. And now, I mean, I get sick, maybe knock on wood, like once or twice a year at this point, like a normal human. Yeah. I also think too, like medicine changes, right? Like medicine changes over time. Things that we thought were a thing before Mm -hmm. even the way that like food allergies like happen in the body Mm -hmm. like 10 years ago versus now 
it's very different. Right. The way that they recommend for us to eat now. Right. Like, it has changed every five years. Like, right. it's a different recommendation Absolutely. based on new studies. So, I think if it's something, like, I always am defensive of celery juice. Yeah. Because people will be like, oh, my God. Like, why are you doing such celery juice? Yeah. It's such a fad. And I'm like, well, it's not hurting me. Yeah. And I see the benefits of it. So, like, who cares? Right. Like, that's... I. I think you really, with anything, like a doctor can even tell you till they're blue in the face to do something, but if you try it and it doesn't work for you or you don't feel good doing it, you shouldn't be doing it. You mm-hmm. should be listening to your body and that doctor should respect that. So like with anything, you have to kind of do a little experiment on yourself to see how your body tolerates what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're drinking celery juice and it's working for you, great. If you're drinking celery juice and it's making you like, vomit every day then you know maybe you need to start like low and slow with like a small amount of it or just incorporating like more vegetables into your diet because your body's clearly so toxic you can't even handle it well and I think that also goes to the point that every body is so different yeah which is also why you are a student of Ayurvedic medicine right what is that so Ayurvedic medicine is like an ancient eastern indian um way of approaching isn't it like the first form ayurveda is like the original form of medicine yeah Yeah. it's been around for freaking ever um which like i just think is so cool and so like underutilized like why would we not rely on an ancient form of medicine that like works right you know that is like a natural approach to healing the body well a whole nother soapbox, but of course we don't because there's no money to be There's made no with money that. in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a whole nother topic to get into. That really grinds my gears, but <laughs> <laughs> grinds your gears. <laughs> I got my nerd hat right on right now. Um, anyways, so yeah, I decided, you know, I'm a PA. Like I liked I like to I like to know everything about something before I'm like teaching about it. And so I figured what better way to do that than to go through an Ayurvedic health counselor program. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started that a year ago. I'm halfway through. I finished the classroom portion and we're starting the um, like clinical part uh, actually next week. But that has been really fascinating because it's a matter of figuring out. So there's one of the basic concepts of Ayurveda is your dosha, which is your mind-body type. And so you, depending on your dosha, your dosha is made up of different gunas or qualities, and you are supposed to actually eat and act and live your life in the opposite way of the gunas that are contributing to a doshic imbalance. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. So... Basically, Ayurveda is breaking down different people into different components of each dosha. So we all have all three. There's three. So we all have a little bit of all three. But the question is, which one is totally, like, out of balance? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's two. Usually it's not three that are completely out of whack. Usually, like, the most it'll be is two. um, Unless you're really out of balance. But... And off, like more often than not, it's one big one that we can focus on. And so 
for example, um, my dosha can balance is, is he okay? Mm-hmm. He's just getting sick. He's okay. Okay. <laughs> Our cat is wheezing. <laughs> um, okay. So for example, I have a kapha dosha imbalance and I, so I have trouble with weight. Kapha is like heavy, um, like dense, cold. So like eating cold foods for me doesn't help me. Like eating a salad can like really fuck my gut up. When, you know, you think like, okay, if you need to lose weight, like the go-to is, okay, eat a salad. So I have had to learn to like incorporate more cooked vegetables and like even cooked fruits into my diet, especially at times when I've really been struggling with my weight and bloating and gut health and all of that. So it's just a really, it's, I definitely think like a missing piece that like Western medicine overlooks. Like Western medicine treats everybody as the same. Like, okay, your blood pressure is high. We don't care why we're going to put you on this medication and we don't care how your body processes medication. Like we're just going to put you on this dose because everybody gets that dose. Whereas, I mean, on that topic, I've had periods of time in my practice where I've gone into different genetic testing and I've seen that like everybody processes everything differently. Everybody has these different genetic mutations that affect the way we process things. And that's what contributes to whether or not you tolerate a medication, you can tolerate a higher dose, lower dose, you know, all the above. I mean, that should be done in Western medicine, like as just a a standard of care to before you're putting a person on any medication. Mm -hmm. But why would we do that? Um, So anyways, Ayurvedic medicine is really just like addressing the individual as an individual and like acknowledging that like, everybody's different and here's why because we all have these different mind body types and we can have varying percentage percentages of all three you know depending on the person and like you have to address all the ins and outs of all of those imbalances Mm -hmm. in order to get it right and to get the body back into balance so that's why I was really interested in learning about that I'm just thinking about um, Ayurvedic medicine and how it's like very specific to the individual. Mm-hmm. And, and most Eastern medicine is specific yeah. to the individual. And I'm thinking about in Western medicine how it's just not. Yeah. And like the whole system has kind of been set up in a way to like provide medicine, medical treatment to the masses in, a, in the quickest, most efficient way. Mm-hmm. And so like when you go to see your primary care doctor, you only usually spend like five to 10 minutes max with mm-hmm. your PCP. Right. Everything else is done by a nurse that usually a nurse that yeah. comes in and like gets the information from you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's all for the sake of like, what's the most efficient way mm-hmm. to deal with the symptoms presented, not with the depth of what's actually going on. Right. Like how many people can we jam pack into a day? And how can we see them as quickly as possible and make the most money? Mm -hmm. And that leaves no room for getting to the root of the cause, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, you could probably track most things back to, like, underlying insulin resistance from all the chemicals we're exposed to. And then that leads to the the high blood pressure, the high cholesterol, the heart disease, the heart attack, you know, the Mm -hmm. atherosclerosis, the plaque buildup in the vessels in the heart. And then, you know, like, it just goes on and on. The dementia, like, 
down the road. Like it's just one to the next, to the next, to the next, but nobody addresses the root cause. So it just progresses. Mm -hmm. And it's also like, it's the system in which doctors are trained. So like, yeah, you can't even really get mad at Western doctors for like how they're trained. Like that's the system. Like, we have that's exactly. the system they've bought into exactly and like they don't really know you know doctors i've spoken to will be like i had like one course on nutrition right in medical school our pcos lecture i did my i guess it would be like a dissertation or whatever we we didn't really like have to do that in our program but we we had a presentation we had to give at the end of before we could graduate as part of a research course that we did. And mine was on PCOS. And I mean, my lecture was way longer and more thorough than our lecture on PCOS in PA school. Yeah, It was like, you know, we may have talked about it for 10 minutes during an OBGYN class lecture. Like Mm -hmm. we barely talked about it. But now I've attended, you know, I mean, God, countless weekend long courses where we're in we're in a lecture hall for 30 hours yeah. over a weekend. Wow. And, you know, I mean, we're talking about PCOS and hormones the whole time. Yeah. And so I laugh when I hear, you know, primary doctors and gynecologists and endocrinologists telling my patients that I don't know what I'm talking about and that I'm causing harm because I'm like, show me the literature, show me the research study that says that I'm causing harm because actually most of the research studies done on hormones show what that support what I'm doing yeah which is why I do what I do I have evidence-based medicine to back it up the problem is the big pharma companies and you know whatever money is invested by whatever company to to fund the research study they're dictating what the conclusion is that's drawn yeah and if you actually read a research study start to finish, the body of the research study proves one thing and the conclusion says another. Mm. And it's, I mean, I tell my patients all the time, Western medicine is all money, money and politics. Yeah. Nobody cares about your health. Nobody cares about you getting better. Mm-mm. They're trying to mask whatever's going on because keeping you on medication for the rest of your life is what's, you know, the buying their is. private jets. Exactly. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. With uh, your background, your unique hormone training, um, the Ayurvedic training you're going through, and then everything we talked about with the medical medium, what does that make coaching with you look like? So I really, again, try to tailor whatever I'm doing to the person. So it definitely depends on, you know, your history what you've been through, the symptoms you're experiencing, all the above. And um, I mean, hormone optimization is, that's my like, my sweet spot. That's what I've been doing forever, you know, throughout my whole career as a PA. So that always plays a part in how I'm addressing um, my clients. But, you know, the Ayurvedic medicine piece gets added to that the medical medium piece gets added to that too because I mean if you're having hormone issues then you're absolutely struggling with some kind of chronic viral infection that caused the hormone issues likely as a result of like things you've been eating and you know things you've been exposed to and then 
you know, we also need to address the way you're eating and the way, you know, your daily routine is and the way you're living your life and make sure that it is in alignment with what your, what your dosha is and what your dosha can balance is. Okay. Um, so it all gets incorporated into what I'm doing in the coaching realm. And what type of coaching containers are you working with people in right now? So I am launching next Tuesday a, um, well, I, I already launched it, but we're starting next Tuesday, a um, small group coaching container called Love Your Hormones, Love Yourself. And we are going to be meeting weekly virtually um, for group calls. And then it's also going to um, include a one-on-one call with me. And then I also offer one-on-one coaching containers. So we can do a one-time deep dive. We can do a monthly container where we're meeting one-on-one weekly um, over the course of a month. And... um, or I have a, a three-month coaching container as well. Where do people find information out about your different offerings? So I'm on Instagram under Kiki Scheiple, S-H-I-P-L-E. I'm on Facebook under Kelly Scheiple. And then my website is kellyscheiple.com. Kelly's K-E-L-L-Y. Kellyscheiple.com. <laughs> Maybe it should be kikischeiple.com. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Kiki, I'm so glad that we could record two podcast episodes with each other. I feel so lucky. <laughs> Are you happier with the second podcast? I think I like it better. Okay. Yeah. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I feel good about both of them. I but know. They were both good. <laughs> I feel like I was kind of on one yesterday. Like, I was very serious. You were very serious. Yeah. Was it yesterday we recorded it? Two days ago? Two days ago. It all time just yeah. melts together. Time is weird. All right, if you guys love this episode, please, please, please take a screenshot, tag myself and Kiki at Kiki Scheiple and tell us what you loved about the episode. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. I love you guys and I'll see you next week on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.